Well, the weather tried to interrupt us this weekend, but we did get some football in. Welcome to this edition of the NPL Sunday Show. It's Scott and Adam with you today. Adam, how are you? I'm good, Scott. How are you? Well, it was interesting getting up to Peninsula Power this afternoon, going through Armageddon to get there, but we got managed to get some football away. Yeah, uh, yeah like I said, it's not like we didn't know the weather was coming, but uh, yeah, the big, I think the timing of it was what was really sort of, you know, sort of awful, which caused a lot of sort of cancellations, but we got... We got a few games, a few big games, sort of done and dusted out of the way this weekend. So, so yeah, but uh, it's going to be a busy couple of weeks ahead for Football Queensland trying to reschedule a lot of games that we lost over the weekend. Absolutely. There was a, there's going to be plenty of games left to be played. And they just caught up, as you mentioned, all those catch-up games. Well, we all mentioned the games that were rained out from the start. Brisbane Strikers, Redlands United, Eastern Suburbs, Gold Coast Knights, and Moreton Bay, Gold Coast Knights. So there's three MPL games. We'll go through the other competitions later on, but those three games have to be caught up at a later date, which meant we had just the two games played this weekend, Adam. We'll start with the game which just wrapped up a couple of hours ago, up there at AJ Kelly Park in Redcliffe, and it was the away side, Peninsula Power, 3-2 winners over Brisbane Raw Academy, and this was an unbelievable game. It was. Um, yeah, it was, it was a joy to watch uh, this game. It's everything sort of, you know, you want in a football game, you know, plenty of goals, you know, plenty of chances, plenty of drama. And uh, look, at the end of the day, I... I yeah, you, you feel you almost feel bad for yeah the young raw. They were they were in this game right to the end, and the last couple of weeks, you know, either side of their bye bye week, um, they, look they've been they've been very very good you know, performance wise against the top two teams in the league, and uh, you know, you can understand you know you know Chris Grossman and the players' sort of frustration that you know for two very very good results they've got nothing to show for it. But um, yeah, look, I can't speak highly enough of you know the way that the young young raw side have played, and also as well they're facing sort of obstacles with a number of players now being drafted into the A League sort of squad at least for the training. So uh, they're, they're they're facing plenty of obstacles, but they they should be very very proud of the performances over the last sort of month or so. Absolutely, they were clearly really, really disappointed with the way that game panned out. They had their chance to win it, win it later on. We'll get to that in just a moment, but I think you're right. They played really well in that game today, and they had a lot of younger players stepping up from now. The 20s we've seen that in the last few weeks. They're obviously a young squad anyway, but even younger now with some of these other guys stepping up. They had Eli Adams and Keegan Yelichich, along with Hassan Ramazani, unavailable today, and there's probably going to be more players in future weeks. It was a very, very young side, but they really did equip themselves well, and they gave Peninsula Power real trouble with the way that they set up at him. They did. Um, it, it, like I said, it's the same sort of thing from two weeks ago. Is that they, they play a style, like they're very, very technical, sort of, you know, very, very gifted sort of style on the ground, you know, possession-based, like, very, very similar to obviously the senior team. That's obviously how how they, they want to mould their football for, uh, sort of throughout the, the academy. And they, they really sort of, you know, they really sort of you know, gave uh, – Potential power, sort of a lot of a lot of trouble, you know, in certain parts. It's like I said it was a game that you know that they they controlled in part, then power would, would come back and turn the momentum, and then um and yeah, they, they sort of they didn't sort of give up right through to, to the final whistle. Absolutely, we'll go through the goal scores now. There were two goals for Andy Pingelli, a late winner for Dan Clark, and for the Royal Kitesapala with his thirteenth goal of the season, and young Trent Millard got his first goal in the NPL Queensland. And Adam, when he did score that goal, I actually thought that was going to be a two-all draw, and it was going to be a a disappointing result for Peninsula Power, but the last five minutes, how do you how do you begin to sum that up? Because you had the chance of Cyrus Dahimi at the back post laid on with Welder, set up by Welder, Solomon Welder Mariam. Unbelievable save from Phil Zabax, and Peninsula Power goes straight down the other end. Marek Madley with the, with the set up for Dan Clark for the winner, and and just cue Bedlam really because the crowd at Peninsula Power went off, didn't they? 
They did, and I think if it's uh, to, to give a promotion to uh, MPL TV, if you, I only get stream five minutes, you know, of the replay when it when it comes out tomorrow. The highlights, uh, the last you know five minutes of that game in stoppage time was unbelievable. The the save the uh, save that um, Phil Zabak's made to deny Cyrus Tahimi when we thought that you now maybe Solomon Weldemari probably should may have and should have gone himself. Uh, he laid off the pass. Didn't. He, he did. He had the chance, but he did. He did uh, lay it off to his open teammate. But uh, Phil Zabax, you know, for all his experience and um, and sort of you know, five-time premiership winner, you know, in the top flight, be in BPL. Um, look, every like he just showed experience and he made an unbelievable safe. And then for Pen Power to say to not only sort of say, oh, he dodged a bullet. But then to go down the other end and then have Marek Madeley square up for Daniel Clark for the winner, um, it was uh, unbelievable scenes. And we've we've seen a number of you know Pen Power comebacks at that at that ground now over the years. But this one, I think, this might be the most meaningful. We may not know it right now, but maybe in a few weeks' time, it may it may be this moment that they come back to. Let's wait and see about that. It was certainly the most dramatic we've seen in recent times, wasn't it? It was absolutely amazing football. And you're right that if you're going to show people five minutes of the MPL Queensland see what it's all about. That's the five minutes you would choose. And that stoppage time period had absolutely everything. It did. Um, like I said, yeah, great promotion for the, for the game up here. Um, and also as well, like I said, it showcases, you know, sort of the best of our local players as well as, you know, the best of our you know, up-and-coming talent. And uh, look, there's not, there's not much more to say about it other than, you know, it's, yeah, you can understand the disappointment, you know, on the Brisbane Raw side of things, you know, for for Chris Grossman, and but you can also understand the you know the absolute joy for uh, Aaron Phillip and Ben Ryan for power, and I think it's you know it, it was you know just absolute drama. Absolutely, there isn't much more we can say. So let's hear what the coach of Peninsula Power, Ben Ryan, had to say after tonight's game. So then we're very happy, coach of Peninsula Power, Ben Ryan. Ben, thanks for talking to us once again. Yeah, no worries. How important is that goal on the 95th minute there in the context of your season? Um, well, we'll find out in a few weeks, I suppose, but it, it feels um, it feels pretty good at the minute. Um, I think as the, the the longer the game went on, you just thought we might have to settle for a point. And um, fair play to Raw, they, you know, they put us under a lot of pressure towards the end there. And when the ball gets squared across uh, six yards out, maybe you just think. There, there we go. You know, it's uh, it's in someone else's hands, but uh, fair play, Phil. He's, uh, he's pulled off a great save. And, yep. you know, two minutes later, we're, we're sitting there with three points. So yeah, it's some turnaround there. Yeah, you mentioned Phil Zabak's in goal. You've had a few issues in the last couple of weeks with injuries to goalkeepers. That's an inspired addition to the squad, without doubt, isn't it? Yeah, look, we obviously Reesby got injured, um, and then Juro came in, and he lasted a game and a half. Um, struggled through the last thirty minutes of another. So, Phil, we're fortunate that we've been able to get someone as experienced and um, someone who's, who's been there, seen it, done it in big games. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's been a good pick-up so far. On the actual game itself, the Raw gave you a lot of problems. And actually, you made a tactical change at half-time. Is that what caused that? Um, no, I think they just played well. Um, look, it's the pressure's on now. And it hasn't... When you're eight, nine, ten games out, you know that you're you kind of. It's not. I always say that it's not a title race until the six games to go. So now that we're in the nitty gritty and you know, squeaky bum time or whatever you want to call it, it's um it's a bit more nervy. Like Wednesday night against City was nervy. Um, all you want to do is get a two goal lead and you relax a little. And we haven't been able to do it, so 
we've you know we've got three games to go. I'm sure it's going to be like that every every week. Well, for your take, hopefully, it continues like that. But I mean, you mentioned it's tightened at the end of the season. Mm. Is it important then to actually get your game away and won today compared to a couple of your rivals who didn't get to um, games were rained out? Yes, Port. Look, it's it's maybe a different pressure when you you're leading from the front. Yep. Um, so yeah, it, it probably is. I mean, everyone's got to play the games anyway. So the old cliche is that it doesn't really matter, but you know, uh, I think it probably does a little bit psychologically. So yeah, we'll uh, we'll see how the other two get on, and they've got games to play. So we'll let you go here and celebrate. Congratulations. Cool. Thank you very much. So that's what a very happy and really Ben Wright had to say after tonight's game out there at Peninsula Power. I want to wait and see, Adam, just how meaningful this game is based on results in the future weeks. So we'll have a look at the only other game in the NPL Queensland played this weekend. It was the, the second Super Classico of the season, Lions SC2, Brisbane City, nearly a good bounce-back result for Lions there with goals for John Carlos Lawsno and Joe Duckworth. It was a pretty comfortable performance, wasn't it? It was. I think that's probably all you could probably take away from it. I think the conditions may have had, you know, a big impact. You know, obviously a lot of rain um, sort of in the area. You know, it, would have, it was very, very humid and muggy by by the sounds of things. We, we obviously weren't there, but uh, you could tell. Well, there was of, plenty of rain in the area, trust me. Yeah, <laughs> it was. I think, as, as we'll discuss with the, uh, with the women's game uh, in, in just a moment that preceded this. But, um, yeah, look, it was a professional performance. It was three points. Uh, look, City weren't. Yeah, overly bad. Um, I thought there was some some really good performance. I think uh, the, the two um, fullbacks for uh, Brisbane City in Reese Gray and Jack Daly, I think, were were very very good. Um, obviously, you know, there might be a few bright spots in what has been a really really horrible season for Brisbane City um, as well. And obviously, that that uh, that factory of producing young, good young players at City obviously continues with those two young young guys. So so yeah, but um, yeah, they're City, but Overall, you know, they're, they're in awful trouble at the moment. Um, obviously, you know, not many people would pick them to pick anything up against Lions, especially Lions on the rebound. Uh, but, yeah, they, they really need to find, you know, their, their finishing boots because they were very, very wasteful. And they probably could have at least got one or two goals if they didn't sort of squander so many chances. So, uh, yeah, look, the, uh, from both sides, I think Lions at least keep themselves mathematically in the premiership hunt. Um, but Brisbane City as well, I said, you know, it's a missed opportunity as far as, you know, maybe getting a point on uh, a Redlands United side that was idle after having their game washed out. Absolutely. No, you are. I think the big issue for City is they get into plenty of good goal scoring positions. They don't seem to take quite enough of them. And you're right, the result doesn't really help. We'll look at the table now, Adam. You've got Peninsula Power. They are now top of the table by three points over Olympic FC. Obviously, with the Olympic game being washed out, also there's four games to be caught up midweek. You can add that one to the list of the games earlier. But then got Lions SC in third. They're nine points behind Peninsula Power, so it's a, a bit of a stretch to say that they can get back into the race, but maybe they can get into the top two. We'll have to wait and see. Gold Coast Knights also had the week off. They're now in. They remain fourth. Morton Bay fifth. The Raw remains sixth. Brisbane Strikers seventh. Gold Co- Sunshine Coast Wanderers, I beg your pardon, are in eighth. Gold Coast United ninth. East tenth. Capalaba, who had the bye this weekend, in eleventh. And Brisbane City and Redlands remain in the bottom two. Tied on points, but still in the favour of Brisbane City on goal difference, Adam. It is, and I don't think it's. I don't think it's going to change as far as obviously, uh, Redlands are going to make up a twenty-goal uh, difference, you know, to sort of to uh, yeah, trouble that. And I, I think it's only going to go backwards, unfortunately. So uh, yeah, look, Redlands, Redlands, I think you know they 
they, the conditions, I think it's a bit of a shame that the game at Perry Park are called off because I think that's the sort of game that you'd say, you know what, they might have been good for a point. Um, the, their style of game, they're very, they're obviously they're a very tough, gritty side. This is, and that would have been a danger game for Brisbane strikers. He really, at this stage, has got nothing much to play for. So I think they'd be disappointed that they didn't actually get on the park for that one. Um, but uh, look, we've got to wait and see. I think as, as much as the uh, the premiership race is getting pretty tantalising, I think so are the relegation ones because both both uh, Brisbane City and Redlands, I, I think I've said repeatedly the last couple of weeks, I don't know where um, potentially that either team would go pick up points. So maybe Brisbane City may not score another point, but they might survive. Park to Perry, not Perry Park, by the way. Oh, yeah. But uh, it's interesting inter- <laughs> to see, Adam, when these games are rescheduled for, because there are four of them that will need to be rescheduled. And when and when these games are rescheduled could be very, very interesting given that the run-in. So if, if the Olympic game is played versus Sunshine Coast this week, Sunshine Coast, they're due to play Friday night against Lions SC up there in Budrum. So that could be a very, very interesting turnaround. As an example, it'll be, so I think when these games are going to be played, it's going to be very important. Oh, absolutely. And then I think for uh, for, Lion, for Olympic as well, I think the, the danger as well for them is that, they, yes, they play, um, if they, they've got this catch-up game and where, where it's going to be placed is going to be, you know, is going to be very, very interesting, especially with so the schedule of, you know, having the bye this week and then and then into into lines the following week, which is a, which is a huge game for them. Yeah. Um, it's a game that you know that potentially that a loss could hand the title to Peninsula Power. Um, yeah, I think the timing of it will be, you know, will be interesting as far as where when they then sometimes Coast Wanderers can play it especially leading into that game. So um, a couple of other games, I think yeah, they'll be either you know, this Tuesday or the following Tuesday. I don't think there's much consequence there. But the, that Olympic Sunshine Coast Wanderers reschedule, I think it's from a scheduling point of view, it's going to be vital. There might, there might be one or two teams that may not be happy with Football Queensland's decision, depending on how, where they go. I have to keep a very close eye on that. We'll move on now to the MPLW, where there was almost a full round of fixtures played. Adam, over the weekend, there was one game rained out down at Coplex Family Sports Park between Gold Coast United and South West Queensland Thunder, so that will have to be made up at a future date. We'll run through the results now quickly before we talk about the game. So it's Logan Lightning 1, Football Queensland QAS 1, Eastern Suburbs 1, Lions SC 0, Mitchelton 2, Gap 0, and this afternoon you had South United 6, Moreton Bay United 1. We'll, so we'll jump right back to Friday night, Adam, as we go through these games. We covered this game on our social media platforms. Logan won. For, uh, Logan, football quiz and QAS won, I beg your pardon. Logan nil. So it was a fascinating game. No, it was, it was uh, not it, wasn't it? One all, yes. One all was. I'm confused. It was a one all. It was one all draw. And it was an early goal for football quiz and QAS that really, really set this game up, didn't it? It was. Um, look, it, it's, uh, you can look at it in two, in two sort of ways. I think... Uh, the uh, first time we've seen um, the Football Queensland QAS girls go around sort of uh, live on on stream, and look, what I, I was very very impressed with uh, a number of players. I think I think the takeaway from that is there are some very very good prospects in that side. Um, obviously, as far as the prism of the competition itself, very young team. Um, it's all, again performance over you know, results. I think. But, uh, yeah, look, the goal they got uh, through Kai Stevenson uh, was pretty much put on a platter by, by, um, by Logan after six minutes. And, uh, and yeah, look, uh, sort of take, my takeaway from that goal is that I think Logan may have underestimated um, the threat that, that the QAS goals were going. Because it was a very, very weird sort of play where, you know, it was a fullback. It was, I, I can't remember which, uh, which of the fullbacks it was that sort of passed the ball 
Apple, which completely surprised Keely Richards. And uh, next thing you know, Kaya Stevenson's uh, steaming onto it and scoring and basically empty net. But uh, Lewis Suero uh, got the got the equalizer in the fourth minute, and and then from there, um, Logan, as mu- much as they tried, you know, with their um, potent attacking line, they just couldn't they just couldn't break through. And I didn't they didn't even really look like you know endangering um, the KS's goal in the second half. So yeah, it's it's a very interesting one. I know um, I think Nick Croydon, the coach, I think would be very very frustrated, unhappy with that performance, of Logan, given. Um, Given the result, 24 hours later, uh, as well, that'd be even would add to his frustrations because, um, yeah, they at the moment they're in uh, real danger. Where the final round of the season, it may be an eliminator for the top four between uh, Logan and Eastern Suburbs. We'll get to that in just a moment. It's one thing I didn't think about their football Queensland QAS goals. They worked really hard. You could just you could see the effort and the intensity they were putting into the performance, and they got the result I think that they deserved. They deserved to get something yep. out of the game for the effort they put in, so that was a terrific result for them. Congratulations. For Logan, it's, it's fascinating. You look at that front third. They've got three really top goal scorers. You've got Shea Connors, Megan McGilligan, NTR, and Petterwood. Two of the three have won, have won the MPLW Golden Boot before, and the, two of them have also played in the W League, so they've got plenty of pedigree in that front third, but it just wasn't clicking on Friday night, was it? No, it wasn't. Um and yeah, exactly. And that's it's it's a very it's a very fascinating situation where what's going wrong because this is a team, Logan, that you know if their top if their top strikers are on form, it's a team that you know can put five or six on a side in very quick fashion. But um, yeah, look, it's just not working between um, you know the, the aforementioned you know Connors, Petterwood, and uh, McGillicott. I, I just it's it's very very hard to sort of you know to see why at the moment. And then you got you know the experience of a player like an Amy Jackson in midfield as well, who you know who is a obviously another MPLW player. And um, yeah, it just makes you wonder that you know how they how they sort of you know are struggling at the moment. But with that said, a lot of credit goes to the football quiz and QIS girls because you're right they they played you know they played very very well. They were very very tough. And um, yeah, look. For, for a future prospect point of view, uh, there's a number of players I'm sure that we're going to know, know the names of not only at this level but also at you know, top level at you know, W League and, and you know, maybe the next four or five years. Maybe even this year as an external squad player. Mm. We'll have to wait and see what happens with that competition in the next couple of weeks. But the game you mentioned earlier between Easts and Lions, this result really did throw the league table up all up in the air, didn't it? Because you've got the consequences for all the, the ramifications, I should say, for Lions at the top of the table, which we'll get to in just a moment. But East are now level with Logan on points on 31, and you'd have to say they, they again, they deserve the result on Saturday afternoon down there at, at Richlands because they played really well against the Lions, which may be slightly off their best, but East were very, very competitive, and they're looking really good as looking better as the season comes to a conclusion. Yeah, look, they, um, yeah, they, they, just, they deserve um, all three points. They, they played the game well. They played to the conditions probably better than Lions did. Um, it was a very rainy. So I think, that I, I think it was sort of uh, persistent sort of rain throughout the game. And look, they just played better. They got, they, look, Lions, they really did, you know, you know, they had a number of chances. They probably should have, you know, should have got one. Oh, Cannon Clough, you know, struck the crossbar, you know, in the first half. And there are a number of other chances that they, they sort of squandered, but, on top of that for Lions as well, losing Mario Hecker, you know, around the same time that Rosie Sutton scored what would be the game-winning goal as well, it just really put them back on their heels as far as trying to conjure an equaliser. And I think it's become very clear is that, you know, we sort of, you know, say that I think Mario Hecker, I think she she is one of the best players in the MPLW going around. 
But I think she she means that much to um, two lines at the moment is that when she went off, there just really was a lack of creativity and whatnot that to where they could have you know got the equaliser. So look, full full marks east for. Uh, for uh, getting three points, but their yeah, lines I think are slightly disappointing. Um, they didn't take the chances, didn't play the conditions, and in the end, um, this total race is wide open. Absolutely, Mario Hecker is absolutely one of the best players in the competition. Every time we've spoken to Rob Askew out there at Richlands about his side, he always raves about the quality and the personality that Mario Hecker brings to that side. So it was obviously a massive player to lose in that moment as well. It it does throw the um, MPL Queensland table into some a very interesting state because the Lions and Gold Coast, Gold Coast United, I beg your pardon, they are now, they still remain tied on 43 points at the top of the table. However, Gold Coast United do have two games in hand. In that, Now, they play in a couple of weeks at Richlands, but That's this Saturday does night. It, Absolutely, next Saturday. So if we always thought that this would that game would be decisive, Gold Coast can now lose this game and still maintain the favourites. So you'd have to say that it is firmly in their court now in terms of the MPLW Premiership. Absolutely, and this becomes a must-win for Lions on Saturday night um, because you're right. Uh, Gold Coast can look. Gold Coast can afford to lose, and it keeps in the hand. But if Gold Coast come come through and you know win on Saturday night, I, it's game over as far as I'm concerned. I just don't. I just don't see uh, Lions sort of you know with the games in hand uh, and and whatnot. I just don't see a way back. So this is now must-win. For lines and then and also to reduce uh, Gold Coast United's uh, you know margin of error. So so that's a that is a huge game um, on Saturday night as far as you know the MPLW Premiership. It's a massive game there. We'll move on to the FQPL item briefly because there was only one game played in the FQPL on on this weekend and it was Saturday afternoon out there in Toowoomba with with the Thunder winning by two goals nil goals from Anthony Grant and Pascal Devita. So they were that was the only game played. They now do jump to the top of the table over Logan. They also, Logan have two games in hand, so Thunder are on 40 points from 18 games played. Logan are, are 39 points from 16 games, so it's still very, very close at the top of the table, but this was a really important win for Thunder, wasn't it? It was. Um, I think mainly, mainly sort of because of keeping you know, pressure on the ladder as far as you know, Logan have got games in hand, and that, that game a few weeks ago, which uh, Logan beat Thunder, I think would probably is probably you know, decisive. But then again, you know, as, as we're seeing you know, across you know, the other two leagues, uh, just when you think that we have the you know, have it all figured out and you know, the results go the way, one shock result, and all of a sudden you know, it, it changes complexion. And you know, with Thunder on top, the ladder at least you know, for the next you know, seven days, Logan, you know, they'll, need to, they'll need to get the results and they're expected to get results. But uh, look, yeah, you know, a, a local derby against you know, Rochdale, for example, is no um, is no you know, foregone conclusion. So a game like that, you know, and all of a sudden drop points. All of a sudden, this, this premiership race in FQPL and that promotion spot are back in play. So you mentioned that Rochdale versus Logan game. That was one of four games postponed over the weekend. You also had Southside Eagles against Holland Park, South United, Sunshine Coast, and Mitchelton is which nights. So all four of those games will have to be caught up at some point in the next couple of weeks as well. The one game, the, it's really tight, Adam, as well, between Mitchelton, Wynnum, Western Pride, and Ipswich, as we spoke about in the last couple of weeks. And the game of Friday night, I believe it is, between Ipswich and Western Pride will, will be absolutely massive in terms of which one of those sides maybe one, maybe the loser of that is act, that game is ruled out of a top four place. Yeah, look, Western Pride, uh, for example, for example, they if they can if they can sort of uh, win, you know, at uh, 
at Eric Evans Oval on Friday night in the second Ipswich Derby, all of a sudden they jump, they jump uh, Wynnum Wolves in, in the queue for 24 hours. And again, same, you know, the same thing is that, you know, they've got the points on the, on the ladder and it forces, you know, you know, Wolves who have now lost two in a row, albeit against um, Logan and Thunder, all of a sudden they're going to need to have to, you know, break a losing streak to try and, you know, keep their top four hopes alive. Um, same goes with Ipswich Knights, you know, a win, a win there, you know, their second win, all of a sudden they're in the picture. So, yeah, there, there are plenty, there's plenty to play for in uh, FQPL, you know, in a number of games. And the, uh, sort of all these catch-up games now are going to just add another layer of, of you know, sort of intrigue to the run home in, in, in the Premiership. Well, that means there's plenty of football to be played in future weeks, Adam. But unfortunately, that's all the games that were played this weekend. So we've got a bit of news we'll finish out on. And it was a pretty big, big news, actually, because there were two big stories. We'll go through the first of them, which was on Monday, I believe it was. The MPLW, in the MPLW, I beg your pardon, they've announced that there's going to be five new teams. There's going to be Western Pride coming back. We knew that in future weeks, plus four new teams, which is going to make a 16-team league. And they will play each other once next year in the... So 15 games next year, then the league will split into two leagues of eight. We'll have an FQPLW from 2022. We'll talk about who may or may not be part of those four new teams in a moment, Adam. But your general thoughts on the idea, because for me, I think it's something that the MPLW in particular really needs because there is a, a, a difference in quality from the top top half of the league to the bottom third, if you like, in terms of in terms of the results and the performances that you see. And particularly when you look at the table, it's quite obvious that they're that a move like this is is a is a necessary one. Absolutely, I think uh, it, it serves two purposes as well. That you know the the elite sort of sides, you know the likes of Gold Coast United, Lions, you know, and and you know Logan Capalba, who have you know invested a lot in their in their women's programs, you know, you know. It's never fun, you know, them, you know, getting, you know, having uncompetitive, you know, sort of scores, you know, no one likes to see a 9-0, you know, win over Morton Bay, you know, or or sort of, you know, some of the other lopsided results that we've seen this season. So, look, there'll be a bit of, um, there'll be a bit of pain sort of obviously the first half in that, you know, where they play each other once, just to sort of figure out where, so who's going to go where, but I think at least from 2022, I think we're going to have two more balanced leagues. And I think, yeah, at the end of the day, I think it's something that that the women's sort of, you know, you know competitions have been crying out for. That, because also as well that, you know, you've got the likes of, you know, a Western Pride, a Morton Bay, um, you know, yeah, obviously the football QAS. You know, obviously if they play them more and obviously, you know, it, it lifts their standard as well. That, you know, not, like I said, you want to play against the best. However, sometimes, you know, you want to also play at your level. So, so I think it's going to be, you know, be a more equitable competition. As far as the four new, new licenses are coming, that's probably the intriguing part. Um, obviously we've seen plenty of last of, you know, a year or so there was a aborted, you know, licensing uh, last year, I, I do believe, about, you know, of, you know, a number of teams coming into 20, in the 2020 competition. So, um, so yeah, like, it's, it's going to be very, very fascinating about also as well what we've got at the moment, but also as well what is to come in in next year and then beyond. Absolutely. You play games against teams that are relevant to yourself. I think that's most important. You know, no one wants to go out there and lose 8-0 every week. That's something you're right. No one ever wants to see that. So who do you think could be part of it? And we know that, we know that um, Western Pride, they've announced, they've been announced they'll be in it next year. We heard from Trent Gregson on this show a couple of weeks ago. So there's going to be four new teams. For me, I think Olympic and Brisbane City, who have been quite vocal in the last 12 to 18 months about entering 
the MPLW, I imagine both of those will be right at the the centre of the discussions. Of, I'll put a, a bid in at least. Peninsula Power, the 2017 champions, I believe it was, yep. in the FQP on the MPLW. I beg your pardon. I would be interested to see if they put their hand up. And the one other team, which I think would be a bad idea, Adam, they've got an under-18s team in the in the MPLW, and that's Sunshine Coast Wanderers, just to give young girls and women up in the Sunshine Coast the opportunity to step up to MPL as well. Because we've seen in the past they've had a side in the MPL and they've done pretty well. So I think they would, for me, that would be the four most logical sides. What do you think? Yeah, I think I think that would be probably the logical four. Um, the only other sort of team that I'd probably look at is one of the well, obviously um, one of the Gold Coast teams. And when I say one of the Gold Coast teams, maybe a Gold Coast Knights, for example. You know, you know, obviously assuming some of the other sort of I know Rabina has a strong side, uh, Broad Beach as well. Uh, that come and play in the in the uh, Brisbane Women's Premier League. Uh, also, as well, uh, perhaps even Kumra. Uh, they they may even go go on their own. Um, that will fit into the discussion we better have shortly about the uh, MPL and FQPL. But um, yeah, look, I, I think that I think the four teams that you mentioned, I think, would probably uh, fit the bill. But I think yeah, maybe another Gold Coast team as well. So it'll be fascinating to see who. And also, as well, there there was also Telebudra who used to play in the um, in in the MPLW. I think. Two year, seasons ago, before they they withdrew to focus on their junior programs, um, yeah, like, that'd be another one that you know perhaps could come into calculations. So, I think this best plan, and then there's a whole plethora of yeah. you know of other of teams in, in BWPL and in the capital leagues as well that could potentially put their hands up. So, um, you'd you'd hope that the the you'd hope that the sort of the the, the licensing application would be robust, and that you would have you just don't want to have oh we just we scraped in with four. That, you know, you'd hope that you'd hope that you know you have six, seven, eight, you know, maybe ten nominations, and at least you know, give the the technical team something to look at. Hopefully, hopefully that's the case. And you're right about Gold Coast because there has been a few teams there. I think Gold Coast City were in at one point, probably before mm. Gold Coast United. You mentioned Madurabal; they've been in as well. So hopefully, oh, sorry, it was Madurabal. Yeah, sorry, not there should yeah. be a, there probably will be a bid from down the Gold Coast, and there should be some good contenders as well. You mentioned. Raw Beach, so those are another great contender as well. So there certainly should be some options for the technical for the technical committee to choose from. Look at now the second bit of news that you alluded to, which was FQPL two in the men's competition will be kicking off next year. We'll have eight new clubs joining that competition for the 2021 season. There'll be three teams promoted into what will now become FQPL one, one team relegated, and from 2022 there'll be promotion and relegation from FQPL two into the local league. So your Brisbane Premier League, Gold Coast Premier League, Sunset Coast Premier League, and the Toowoomba Premier League, which for me, Adam, this completes the pyramid in a way because if any club now in Southeast Queensland, if they're in their their zones leagues, you can get all the way to the MPL if you're good enough. So if you're sitting there in Capital League too, if you, you can get some good results and get some players in, you can find yourself all the way up into the Football Queensland competitions in just a couple of years. I think this is an absolutely wonderful move. Yeah, it's something that they've been crying out for for a while, um, especially here in this part of, um, of of the state as well. That you know, it does seem obviously you got you know MPL, then you've got FQPL, and that's closed shop. And there's sort of a lot, always a lot of controversy. It sort of you know gets settled around FA Cup time, but who's the stronger competition? Last year when we had a full competition, it was the Gold Coast Premier League teams that seemed to be you know be knocking over all the other all the other sort of you know zones. 
Yeah, and also as well, you know, I had a couple of um, you know, MPL clubs and FQPL clubs as scalps. So, so it'll, it'll finally answer that question about where is the strength, you know, in our local leagues below, you know, MPL. So I think it's a great initiative. Um, and also as well, I think it gives diversity as well to not only you know the the FQPL, but also the addition of FQPL too. Because I think as well now, we started looking at FQPL in 2020, and you can see a clear divide as well. And while while those teams at the moment um, at the, are unthreatened, you know, I'm, I'm talking about likes of, of Southside Eagles, you know, Holland Park, who, who not really seem to be very competitive at the top end of FQPL, all of a sudden it's pressure on them to actually, you know, to perform. Because like I said, otherwise they could be down FQPL too, you know, in, you know, in the 2022 season. It's very similar, isn't it, to the MPLW that there are a few teams at the bottom of the FQPL who are struggling, if you like, at the moment. And we always talk about the open pyramid when you talk about A-League promotion relegation in and out of that competition. This was the sort of area that wasn't actually discussed because you're right, the MPL and FQL have been a bit of a closed shop in this state. And for this now to be opened up, it's absolutely fantastic. So, again, we'll, we'll go through the same hypothetical earlier. Think about some teams who could potentially be involved in an ex- in this eight-team FQPL2 from next season. And I'm going to just completely, before we even get into it, I'm going to put Albany Creek Excelsior in a separate category altogether because I'm not sure whether or not, the de- what the deal is about them and Morton Bay. So I don't know if they are even eligible to be part of this whatsoever. So we'll, we'll park them aside. And you've got some strong clubs in the Brisbane Premier League, Adam, like Turinga and Grange and maybe the Gap who could be involved. You've got some good sides on the Sunshine Coast. I'm not going to name any because my knowledge of that league is not the greatest. So i I beg your pardon on that one, but even a Palm Beach on the, on the Gold Coast. So you've got some good options that you could enter this league and be pretty competitive and push into FQPL 1 pretty quickly. Yeah, look, um, there could be a, a number of teams. Yeah, you could probably So the, the teams I sort of I highlight immediately, obviously, are the Gold Coast teams. So yep. I'm looking at Kuma Colts. I'm looking at Surface, uh, Surface Paradise Apollo, who are the undefeated you know, Gold Coast Premier League champions. They could very, very easily go... Go up, and we've seen them. We've seen them uh, last year that they went all the way to round uh, seven. Seven, yeah, lost to no, Olympic. Yeah, lost to Olympics. So, 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 yeah. So they're they're a club of certainly even um, even Broadbeach could possibly there, but you know, even Burley. But let's just stick to you know Kuma and uh, Surface Paradise uh, through through Brisbane. I think there's a, there's a number of clubs I, like as you said, Grange Grange are a historical club. I think they would. They would be there, um, you know, Taringa, another sort of long-established club. And then you got a club like, say, Kabulcha, for example, who moved from Sunshine Coast um, and put a lot of investment and a lot of time in. And they had a meteoric rise, pretty much, who are now playing in the prem- in Brisbane Premier League. Um, that would be one, I think, you know, as far as ambition goes, I think would also be there. And then as far as Sunshine Coast goes, you know, maybe a Noosa Lions or a Caloundra or even... Um, Beerwild Glasshouse. So this again, like like MPL, when you look at sides, you know, below that, uh, below sort of you know the top levels, I think there's plenty of sides that you know that I think could fit the bill as far as you know filling that FQPL too. You mentioned um Kapal, I'm um, not Kapal, like Kabulcha dropping down from Gold Coast, Southern Coast League into the football Brisbane competition just a couple of years ago. Maybe I saw that Willowburn who just jumped made the same jump from the Toowoomba League into the football Brisbane competition. They might be if they're looking for a team from that part of the world to put into this competition. That would probably be the one there. So it's very interesting to see who will end up in that comp- in these two competitions. We'll have to follow it very, very closely, Adam. It may be even a, it may be, you know, a way of sort of, you know, I guess 
unofficially are trying to figure it out is maybe having, you know, maybe two you know, two clubs from BPL, two clubs from Gold Coast, you know, two clubs from Toowoomba and two clubs from uh, Sunshine Coast. That, that makes you eight. Um, I don't know what, case. I, I don't I don't know what it, it, the future holds for the wrestler competition because you think that the top teams in there like you mentioned like a, a Willowburn, you know, in in Toowoomba, you know, Surface Paradise, a Palm Beach, or a Coomera in the Gold in Gold Coast, you know, you take out you know Noosa and Calandra. I don't know what that's going to do to their local competitions, but again, it's sort of working from the top up, and you know, if those clubs have all got ambitions of playing at a higher level. Um, then obviously, you know, they, they would all fit the bill for that FQPL too. And, you know, a chance of even going higher. So you just look at what happened to the Football Brisbane competition, how they've worked around it. But it would just be like everywhere else in the world then. The best teams, where you're from, move further and further up the pyramid. That's just the way it yep. that's the way it's ever, is everywhere else in the world. And that's the way it should be here as well. Yeah, look, uh, I, I don't know enough about the local, um, like the Gold Coast, Toowoomba and Sunshine Coast, as far as what the makeup is of their leagues below their Premier League. So, But you'd think there'd be opportunities, obviously, to move up. Same with, um, with you know, in the Brisbane Premier League, you know, obviously, you take away two or three of those top clubs. Um, look, it just opens up three three spots for a Capital One side, for example, to move, to move up, you know, so... Look, at the end of the day, as long as clubs are still willing to play, um, still, still willing to play and sort of, you know, move, move up the pyramid or they're happy where they are, then, you know, it's always going to be alive. But I think the main thing is that I think the pyramid, a connected pyramid in Queensland football, I think it's a great thing. The other question is where does the where does North Queensland and Central Queensland fit in? Yep. That's probably the question that's unanswered as far as, you know, the lower leagues. We know that by the looks of the... Um, Looks of sort of the, the planning that um, Football Queensland has put out on that. We that Magpies Crusaders will be back next season. And in fact, they've got a uh, they've got a trial game, a, a friendly against um, Brisbane Raw in in uh, December. Uh, sorry, no, November. Late That's November. Right. Yeah. So so they're they're obviously ramping up for um for, for, for a campaign next year, but. But what what happens after that, as far as the rest of the region goes, and because obviously they don't talk about, oh, this is a southeast Queensland thing. This is a whole state thing. But there's nothing in the planning that suggests what's going to happen with far north Queensland, with north Queensland, with central Queensland as well. I believe that southwest Queensland will probably get sort of you know get thrown in with Toowoomba Premier Leagues, as far as that. I think I did read that in the in the uh, sort of the documents. So. So yeah, but uh, th- that's probably the one question that probably needs to be answered: is where does you know where are the regions as far as you know North Queensland and Central Queensland where do they fit in as far as this strategy going forward? But overall, I think it's a very very good initiative by uh, Football Queensland. It's interesting. It is the one question that needs to be answered. It was the one question I was going to close out on: is what happens with places like Cairns and Townsville? And you mentioned Mackay back in next year, which is absolutely fantastic to see, but. There's, we know that there's talent in those that northern part of the state, Adam. In terms of North Queensland United, have been on Northern Fury were pretty competitive at times in the NPL. We know how good Kansas City where they made the grand final once, made the top four a couple of times as well. So we know that there is talent in that part of the world. But it's interesting it's exactly where they would fit into this because I don't know if that if playing in an FQPL two would be viable for teams from that part of the world. So I think that is certainly something they're going to have to look very very closely at. Do they? look at parachuting a couple of teams in into a higher part of the pyramid at some point, and how's that going to look in terms of a team's going to complain about that? Or do they just make a Northern Queensland Premier League league where they get the best uh, best teams from that part of the world and play them against each other and maybe have a North-South final at the end? Because it is inter- I've no idea how they're going to do it. It's an excellent point. 
I think logistically, I think uh, the be- the best way, I believe, especially uh, if yeah, you know, all, all things being perfect, you'd want a a statewide Queensland competition where the best of the best you know, play. But I think they you know, logistically and practically at the moment, I just don't think it's possible. So I I'd be leaning towards you know hearing it, waiting for an announcement from Football Queensland maybe in the coming months about a you know a North Queensland say let's call it a Super League or you know a North Queensland Premier League and perhaps you know, that might take take shape at least for the next couple of years where you know at least then they can rebuild the regions as far as you know, and, and building a pyramid within you know a pyramid and then maybe in four or five years time you know if there's more investment more interest and whatnot. Because at the moment, you say that it's unviable for teams from North Queensland, you know, to to travel down to Brisbane or in Southeast Queensland every second week. But also as well, it's just as unviable for you know you know semi-pro players to take time off work to go and make a trip up to North Queensland. If you've got multiple teams, that's multiple you know trips up north. So. Yeah, I think yeah, that's, I think this is the, the always the um, and this is not just in football. This is across you know all major sports. Is that how do they that don't have you know just endless cash reserves? Um, how do, how do they incorporate North Queensland into a statewide competition? And it's not easy. So I, that's something that you know I'd be looking for next year, you know, a couple of months, see where how FQ uh, addresses that situation. Not only is all that true, it's also a long, a long distance between some of these mm. some of these towns and cities in North Queensland. People look at Cairns and towns like I mentioned. I just mentioned them there. I've lived in Townsville, and it's a long way to Cairns from there. Yeah. It's it's not exactly it's just a couple of hours down the road. It's a fair distance, and you have got Mackay, Rockhampton even further down the other way. So it's not as easy as saying, "Oh, we'll have a Super yeah. League." It's that even just getting that to be viable could be a very interesting challenge. Anyway, that's a problem for football Queensland, and we solve some of their problems. <laughs> yeah. we'll leave that one for them to solve. What do you think? Yeah, I think so. I think I think there's a few more qualified people than, than us two pundits, you know, looking at that. But look, uh, I you know, the final sort of word on that is, you know, I'm sure wherever they come up with, you know, it, it has to, it has to work and it has to be long term viable. I don't think like with the the FQPL in that in the southeast Queensland region, it can't be a flash in the pan. Oh, let's do something for one year. It's got to be long term and it's got to be sustainable. So that that's the main message. But at the moment, you know, genuinely supportive of the initiatives that came out from uh, Football Queensland this week, as far as the sort of at least the medium term future of the um, of the game in 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 the state. Absolutely, and that's been the problem in the past. It's, there's been plenty of teams in the northern two thirds of the state, and unfortunately, they aren't sustainable. They do just to be after a couple of years. But Adam, we might wrap this up now. What do you think? Yeah, but I think so. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you again next week.